0: For nearly 25 years, Roseman University has challenged the status quo, transforming education and graduating competent and compassionate healthcare professionals. Roseman University is reimagining healthcare, healing patients and their families, solving health challenges by embracing discovery, and building programs that provide hope and improve health. Click the banner for more on Roseman's healthcare programs in nursing, pharmacy, graduate studies, and dental medicine, or see roseman.edu. This is the Simi Sarah Show on demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, ten to two, on 980 CKNW, and through the
1: Radio Player app. Let's keep talking about the fight over this pipeline in northern British Columbia. There's so much stuff going on. A lot of moving parts here at this thing at this on this hour you got anti-pipeline protesters occupying the office of Attorney General David Eby in Vancouver. Uh, that has been going on here in the last hour or so. They are demanding a meeting with the Attorney General. They're not going to get one, at least not anytime soon, because he's not there. He's at the legislature in Victoria, where the B.C. liberals have been demanding that the government get tougher against these protesters and blockades that we've been seeing uh, springing up. Uh, Premier John Horgan here just in the last few minutes saying he doesn't want to see any force being used here because he thinks that will just make things worse. Meanwhile, we're keeping an eye on these uh, roving protests for you and whether they're going to snarl any more traffic in the city of Vancouver. You may have just heard on your news there with uh, traffic of uh, reports of some protesters on Broadway. So we're keeping a close eye on that for you. Of course, it all comes down to to the coastal gas link pipeline this is a natural gas pipeline that would pump natural gas to the proposed lng canada mega project the export terminal liquefied natural gas uh, freeze that gas put it onto tankers ship it over to asia this is a huge project it's the biggest in canadian history is it threatened by these pipeline project protesters and blockades let's check in now with brian cox he is the president and ceo of the bc lng alliance they represent the lng industry here brian thank you for coming in Great to be here, Mike thanks tell me tell me briefly what you guys do over there at the LNG Alliance well really we we engage with
2: British British Columbians and Canadians about what the opportunity is for LNG uh, development here in British Columbia and in Canada so we, uh, we engage with multiple stakeholders with governments with uh, the broader public about what this opportunity is to produce uh, the lowest emission that, uh, LNG in the world and get it to parts of the world that sorely need it right now. What- at- Go ahead,
1: Mike. Yeah, what do you think of these protests and blockades? Well,
2: I guess what I'd like to say to your listeners is is they can have every confidence that this... Project The coastal gas link project that will feed the LNG Canada project is being built uh, for all the right reasons and uh, in the right way. And so this is a project that's a $40 billion project that is engaged with Indigenous communities and gone through all regulatory processes that is employing thousands of British Columbians and Canadians and importantly Indigenous people right now. The work is ongoing and, and this is an important project for our country for a variety of reasons.
1: Yeah, one of the things I find kind of ironic about these blockades and protests is that they say they're standing in solidarity with Indigenous people, yet there are so many Indigenous people working on the project. I mean, there's hundreds of people putting this pipe in the ground. I'm sure there's a lot of Indigenous employment with the export terminal, too, is there? There is absolutely opportunity
2: for Indigenous communities all up and down the line, and it's happening right now. So these are opportunities that uh, that are happening as we speak on the ground in communities across the province.
1: Okay, when I take a look at some of these protests, I I wonder if they're doing themselves more harm than good, because when you inconvenience the public like this, I don't think that's the way that you get public support. But Brian, have a listen to this. Yesterday on the show, I spoke to Peter McCartney, and he is a climate change campaigner with the Wilderness Committee. And I asked him about these protests and these blockades and whether he thinks they're a good thing. And here's what he told me.
3: There were four out of six stories on the front page of the Golden Mail this morning about this pipeline. And so uh-huh. uh, I think the protests are having a huge effect. And, um, you know, we had lots of lots of friends on the ground there in Victoria. So it was an inspiring day.
1: Okay, so he says this is inspiring. This is good. This is training a lot of media attention on, on the issue. And maybe he thinks that's that's good for his cause to try and shut these projects down. But I don't know, what's your take on it? I mean, when you talk to people, I mean, you take a look at polling and public opinion on this, is, is, is the public turning against this project or is it gaining steam?
2: Well, we, we released some polling uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mike, showing that there's broad support for LNG development uh, in British Columbia. And importantly, the opposition to LNG development in British Columbia has dropped sub- substantially even in the last year. Uh, the importance of this project, we need to put it into context, what we're doing here and why we're building this LNG opportunity. And I think it was really evidenced uh, in the international agency's uh, report that came out earlier this week showing that uh, as the world economy is growing by almost three percent emissions have flatlined and a big reason for that is because of the switch from coal to natural gas the biggest the, the country that saw the biggest declines in uh, in emissions was the United States if you can believe it why because of their switch from coal to natural gas the report also highlighted that 80 percent of the emissions growth in the world right now is in Asia because of coal and coal growth yeah. LNG is a part of the solution to that and In British Columbia, the LNG Canada project will produce the lowest emission LNG in the world. So this is a very important project for our shared goal, which is to reduce emissions as quickly as we can globally.
1: Okay, and the reason that the LNG is is better than coal is because, what, you can produce the same unit of energy for fewer emissions. Yeah, the emissions intensity
2: is much less with natural gas. And really importantly, Mike, for your listeners, uh, the particulate matter is next to, to nothing. And right now, there's 7 million people dying every year in the world because of poor air quality, mostly in Asia. So we have an opportunity to get our natural gas, our lowest emission LNG, to parts of the world that need it now, because people are literally dying and we have the opportunity to reduce emissions globally
1: now. Climate
2: change is a global. Uh, it's a global opportunity here.
1: Speaking of Brian Cox from the BC LNG Alliance, so I guess the deal is if we we pump our natural gas out of the ground here.
0: Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny, and ollie is here to help. ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, these ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift-off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
1: they burn it over there and burn less coal as a result, right? So does that mean overall fewer emissions? If they burn our natural gas instead of their coal, that's a good thing.
2: We're talking about orders of magnitude reduction in emissions, Mike. When you look at the LNG Canada project alone, uh, 60 to 90 million tonnes of carbon dioxide could be displaced through that project. That is more than the province of British Columbia produces in a year. So so it's important for us in British Columbia and in Canada to think globally about what the solutions are. And uh, LNG is a big part of the solution. Along with renewables, along with nuclear, we need every solution we can right now to, to get... Bend this curve of emissions growth down. And we're seeing it in this report last week that it's starting to work, that we're bending the curve. But we need to get the solutions to parts of the world, 80% growth, like I said earlier, like Asia, that are seeing huge growth in emissions.
1: Okay. Now, the environmental movement, though, will say, well, that's just kind of corporate spin because actually you're going to have... Lots of emissions with this LNG because you got to frack it out of the ground, and then you got to pump it through a pipeline. Then you got to you got to freeze it, and you got to ship it across an ocean to Asia, and that's all creating emissions too. So have a listen to this now. Here's the same guy that we played earlier. This is Peter McCartney on yesterday uh, from the Wilderness Committee on this precise point, kind of pushing back on the argument that this LNG is actually better for the planet if we if we sell it over in Asia. Here he is.
3: I mean, it's amazing to watch the spin that, you know, pro-industry PR people put on on this. It is true that when gas burns, it has less of a carbon uh, pollution creation than coal. But by the time you frack for the stuff in northeast B.C., um, put it through leaky infrastructure to a liquefaction plant where they have to burn it for power to cool the gas down to negative 162 degrees and then ship it across the ocean, you know, any benefit that you'd see is, is lost in that conversation.
1: What do you say to that? I mean, he's basically saying that you're not we're not gaining any any ground on the emissions by doing this. Well,
2: it's just patently incorrect what he's saying. Uh, nobody produces uh, our our natural gas more responsibly than British Columbia than Canada. Our regulations are top of the world with how we produce. Uh, whether it's hydraulic fracturing, whether it's the use of water, whether it's any of the processes that we use. Like I said, the uh, the facilities themselves will be the lowest emitting in the world, and we will be able to get that gas to parts of the world that need it. And that's not to mention the, the Montney Basin, the w- Western Sedimentary Basin where we get our gas from, is one of the mo- lowest carbon basins on the planet. So we need to think globally about this. Natural gas is part of the solution. It's currently coming from countries like the United States, like Qatar, like Australia, who are producing yeah. it at higher emissions than we can do it. We have an opportunity to do what we've always done, Mike, in Canada, which is to play an outsized role in global solutions this is our opportunity it's time to come together we're showing it so clearly the fact that indigenous communities are our partners in this project they have yeah. been from the very beginning and it's time for yeah. canada to come together on this
1: i think the indigenous support for the project is critical and and by the way just in the in the coming up later on in this hour i'm going to be speaking to a guy uh, from Coastal GasLink, the pipeline company who manages their indigenous contracting. So this is the guy who does business deals with First Nations and with indigenous-owned companies. And it's pretty extraordinary how much money in contracts is being signed here with uh, indigenous companies that are putting, putting uh, native people to work. So I think that's an important part of it. But you still have the situation with these hereditary chiefs of the Wet'suwet'en being opposed to the pipeline. And let me play one more clip from you, for you, from uh, Peter McCartney Yes, on yesterday's show. I asked him about the, uh, the opposition and whether these five hereditary chiefs should be allowed to overrule all the other First Nations that support the pipeline in this project. And here's what he said. Because that's how human rights
3: work. And the B.C. Human Rights Commissioner was very clear on that. You, you cannot um is isn't majority rule it's it's five these five hereditary chiefs have rights that have been recognized by the supreme court and and you need to get everybody on side that's how consent works
1: okay he said there it's not majority rule here he says you need to get everybody on side you've got to have unanimity among all these first nations among all these hereditary chiefs for this thing to go forward it's not majority rule. Is that even possible? I, I, I don't see how that's possible to get to get absolute unanimous consent to this thing.
2: Well, obviously the Wet'suwet'en are, are having a, a very important governance discussion internally, and it's good to hear that they're c- continuing to meet internally to have that discussion, as many nations have ha- have done over the years. It's important to keep in context that all 20 of the elected nations have signed onto the project, and they haven't just signed on it because industry said so, Mike. They've done it because they've done their due diligence. They've done their work, right. they've done their research, and they decided. And now they're, they're part partnering in this project in ways that their communities have never seen before. So it's time to talk about uh, how how amazing this is, to tell you the honest truth, and really what's happening up in Northern British Columbia right now on the path to reconciliation. There are uh, very powerful things uh, happening. There's a new generation of leadership within Indigenous communities, within industry, and together we've got this, Mike. We're going to get it done, and we're going to get it done together. Thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure, Mike. Thanks I so much.
1: I appreciate it. That's Brian Cox. He's the president and CEO of the BC LNG Alliance, they represent the LNG industry.